coming up. She was asking for information on different programs. She was asking for numbers. She was saying, I really want this to be different. Could I stay at your home? And unfortunately, before any of that could be executed, Mary was found dead. For Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. You're listening to The Daily Crime. Last year, there were 61 homicides in Toledo, with 19 of them going unsolved. And some families wait even longer, never getting the resolution they so desperately need. For two years now, the family of Mary Cervantes has gone without answers after the 37-year-old was shot to death on October 29, 2019. The events of October 29, 2019 still haunt Angie Martinez. She had been watching the news that night and heard a body had been found on Austin Street in LaGrange in North Toledo. The victim was 37-year-old Mary Cervantes, Angie's cousin. Today, we're looking at another unsolved homicide case, this time in Ohio. Michael Sandlin, reporter with WTOL in Toledo, introduce us to this story, which goes back to October 29th, 2019. Yeah, so this begins with a woman named Mary Cervantes, who was found shot and killed in an alley in North Toledo. Now, she was not, there was no evidence of who killed her, and there was no suspects at all involved in this case. And it very quickly turned into a cold case. I know you talked to Angie Martinez, the cousin of Mary Cervantes, who told you she was watching the news that night heard about a shooting. What did she tell you about what it was like to slowly realize that she knew this person, that this was her cousin? I mean, she described it as just being incredibly surreal. Uh, She's someone who habitually watches the news, so hearing about shootings probably wasn't too uncommon to her. But the more she heard, the more she slowly realized that she actually had a really good understanding of who this person was. And she said that it really began to sink in when she heard a name which actually was her mother's name. Mary Cervantes is named after Angie's mom. And hearing that name on the news, accompanied by a body has been found, left her absolutely shocked. It was first the news story, then they was an unknown person. And then as the news story got updated, then I realized who the name was because she's named after my mother. And I was like in complete shock. And she said that she still really struggles with the events of that day. I'm like, who would do this to my cousin? And she was sweet, caring. I mean, she did have a hard life, but that doesn't mean that somebody should go kill somebody for that. In your interview with Angie, she talks about how, according to her, her cousin was known to use drugs and she was involved in sex work and all of that led her to have concerns about her cousin's safety But aside from all of that, what else did you learn about Mary from this cousin? Who was she and what else was going on in her life leading up to this? Well, from all accounts, she was actually a very sweet person, but a very lonely person. So Mary and Angie would message each other over Facebook, and they actually hadn't talked for a long time before they reconnected as adults. And in their conversations, she sounded like someone who was gentle and humorous, but someone who was very deep into a culture that she didn't know how to escape. Uh, Angie often said that she would try to send Mary information to maybe find a program to help get, get her clean, but she said that even though Mary was interested, she never took those opportunities. 
Right. And, and, you know, Angie paints a pretty clear picture of somebody who maybe saw a different life for herself and wanted to take those crucial first steps to getting there. But there were just other forces in her life that kept getting in the way. Yeah. And that's something that Angie described. She was someone who probably wanted to leave that life, but just didn't know how. It, it sounds like every person she knew that surrounded her was someone that used drugs or someone that was involved in this life. So she probably didn't necessarily see a way out, even though she wanted one. And in their last exchanges, uh, Mary had asked Angie to, to really help her definitively leave that life. She was asking for information on different programs. And she was asking for numbers. And she was saying, I really want this to be different. Could I stay at your home? And unfortunately, before any of that could be executed, Mary was found dead. She wanted to get out of doing drugs and um, prostitution. I gave her information about uh, the DART program, and that was the last I heard from her. You mentioned that there really weren't any clues or strong leads back in 2019. But what else can you tell us about the police investigation back then, different paths investigators might have tried to go down? Unfortunately, there's not a lot of details that the police were willing willing to provide with me. They just said that this is an investigation that is still ongoing. And at the time, there was very little leads. So the case remains open. And um, Angie even claims that the investigating detective on the case has said that there might be new information, but I've never had that substantiated. But according to Angie, she said the detective has found a possible suspect. However, they have not been able to trace this person down as well. They thought that that was a great lead and ended up getting a warrant to check the cell phone towers in the area. Unfortunately, the cell phone did not ping in that area, so they do not have enough evidence. And so it sounds like, at least from Angie's perspective, there's maybe some hope that things are moving forward, that investigators might at least be closer to solving this case now than they were two years ago. Potentially, yeah. And that's something that Angie really, really holds on to. She told me that she just doesn't have any peace in her life right now. And she thinks about it all the time and it leaves her absolutely devastated. And she says that once that person is able to be brought to justice and her cousin can finally rest, then she will be able to breathe easier. Somebody needs to pay for what happened to her. Have we heard anything on what the investigation looks like now, the ongoing investigation from Toledo police, or is pretty much all the information we're getting coming from the family? Unfortunately, all the information we're getting is coming from the family. Toledo police says that they don't intend to comment on this investigation until they have something that they're willing to release to the public, whether that be an actual suspect or some kind of new lead currently that they don't have anything that they feel like is is large enough to share. Mm. And so as we're having this conversation, do you think this is a cold case or do you think that there's a chance that maybe it actually is a little more active than it seems from the outside? You know, it's incredibly difficult to say because I think in situations like these, we here in Toledo especially, we do see a lot of people uh, who end up becoming homicide victims that, that don't get their cases solved. I know that we had 19 that year, and I believe we had a few more uh, in 2020. So while I'd like to say that this is something that I would like to, to see solved, and you know, I would love to see Angie finally get that piece, you know, it's, it's just a, a matter of what the police can find. And the further we go out from, from this case, the, the harder it is to say. Two years is 
a long time for a family to go without answers. Did you talk to Angie at all about what she thinks it'll take to finally get those answers, what investigators might need to finally bring that closure? Angie said that she understands that the investigators are doing their very best, and she herself has tried to find leads as well. She is involved in a local missing persons Facebook group trying to help people be found, and she's posted in that group as well as other groups uh, asking for anybody who has information uh, to come forward. And one thing that she is certain of is that she says that someone must know who pulled that trigger. So what the police really need to find and what really needs to happen is the person who uh, pulled the trigger or someone who might know the person who pulled the trigger. At this point, the only way that we're going to find out what happened is if they come forward. I think of her a lot, often. And it's just, it pains me that nobody has come forward. You know, I tried to do everything to help everybody. And it just seems like nobody's there to help her. It needs to be solved. You never know when that might happen. Michael Sandlin with WTOL in Toledo. Thanks for sharing this story. Thank you for having me. And thank you, as always, for listening to this episode of The Daily Crime. We're right here with a new one every day of the week, Monday through Friday. So make sure you're subscribed to or following the podcast wherever it is you're listening right now. And if you're looking for more from us, you can head over to vaultstudios.com for a full list of our shows that includes our weekly podcast, True Crime Chronicles. That'll do it for this one. Until next time, for Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond.